This is the show where we observe the world's most outrageous national and international days and design a greeting card for them. I'm Joe Power, your host, greeting card designer, and general thing enthusiast. And this is Happy Birthday, the podcast. Happy Birthday. Welcome back and happy hairdresser appreciation day. This day falls on the 30th of April every year and it's a day to honor hairstylists everywhere who make artful hairstyles possible. (laughs) The website for the day says that a talented hairstylist will not only make you look good but also make you feel good and the day also celebrates the uniqueness of all styles of hair. Ways that you can celebrate are thanking your hairstylist for their kindness, morale boosting, confidence building, and self-esteem. You can give them flowers, send them a card, or leave them an extra big tip, um, or just say thank you. And you can share your hairstyle and be sure to tag your hairstylist on social media using hashtag hairstylistappreciation. And I'm celebrating by sitting down with my hairstylist, Jodi Rowles. (laughs) You want to say it wrong? Every time I have a friend on the show, like... I realize that I've, I don't know how to pronounce their last name properly. <laughs> Everyone does it different. <laughs> like Rowles, Rowles. Yeah, so Jody Rowles, my hairdresser, and I think probably the best hairdresser I've ever had in my life. Thank you. <laughs> no so I would love to hear a little bit about your career. Just like a brief overview, what you love about your job. We'll get into that in more detail. But. Yeah. Well, I'm English, so I started young when I was in England. I did work experience at 15 for two weeks at a salon um it was good but they only had one cd playing which was the m people yeah (laughs) over and over every day so whenever i hear that music it takes me right back to the beginning of hairdressing but yeah we started there and then got a saturday job and apprenticeship and qualified in england worked in england for years but enabled me to travel, and now I live in australia hairdressing yeah so what age what age did you say you were fully qualified so I was fully qualified at 18. Wow. That's insane. Like yeah. embarking on a proper career as a trained person Yeah, at 18. Yeah. It's very young. There's not many careers that you could do that in. No, no. It was really good actually because it's what I wanted to do. So it was amazing to be able to leave school and go directly into an apprenticeship. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, at 15. That's like, there's not, so that you can leave school legally at... I left at 16. Oh, you can leave at 16. So did my exams, okay. left school, did my apprenticeship. You get your basic qualifications at 18. Yeah. So you're a fully qualified hairdresser. And then you go on and do two more years of qualifications after that. Okay. Which is like, you do some management course. You do, I'm sure it's all changed now. It's yeah. quite a long time ago for me. But yeah, then you do another two years on top. But your actual qualifications is... Was it 18? Okay, wow. Yeah. Do you know if it's a similar system in Australia? Like, can you can you start so young? Can you start it like... <laughs> By the way, we have, we have Jody's cat, Marmite, here with us, who has a beautiful coat of hair. I think that the, the training is slightly different here. A lot of people don't start till they're 18. Okay. Because your school year goes till 18. Yeah. 
Um, and then I think it takes three years here for your basic qualifications, but you do okay. everything in that. But it's a lot more structured, I've noticed. And I don't know if it's the same in England now as well. And it was just years ago that that's how we did it. But um, it's definitely different here. Yeah, very different. So, the, so apprentices here will spend, they'll spend part of their time in the salon, right? And then part of their time like at school, like at classes. There's two different ways. So you can either be a full-time student and go to there's certain schools in and around Melbourne where they go full-time five days a week and they learn to be a hairdresser at school. Oh, or okay. they get an apprenticeship in the salon and they spend four days in the salon and one day at a school okay. doing their theory work and being signed off for their practical work. Right, so that's why they're doing their tests and their yeah. assessments. Okay, yeah, yeah. cool. I mean, and some bigger salons have their own training schools as well. Um, why did you, so you knew it's what you wanted to do so early on, like what was it, you just, it just felt right or like what was it that made you want to be a hairdresser so, so early and just know that that was what you wanted to do? I loved being creative but I couldn't draw, <laughs> I realised that quite early on and so there had to be another outlet and I remember hanging out with my grand quite a lot and her hairdresser Pat would come over and put her rollers in and <laughs> yeah. it just seemed so glamorous yeah. when I was younger. And how many rollers do you do a week? As well, we've done now really but you know, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was amazing when I was younger so it was definitely always in my, in my line, definitely. I really wanted yeah. to explore it a bit more. So work experience from school it was great. And then getting a Saturday job was really good, and I just loved it from there. That's awesome. So, yeah, you got involved as early as you could, really. Yeah. Did you, like, did you, as a kid, did you notice how after your mom, or your grandmother's hairdresser, you said? Yeah, yeah. Pat, Pat. Would come over. Um, how your grandmother would feel so good after? Did you notice that? Or she was that not it. a part of it? Yeah, and they would just chat the whole time. It was gossip, <laughs> gossip. Yeah. I just love the whole environment of, you know... Yeah, it was brilliant. Cups of teas, chats, and yeah, Gran always felt good. She'd had it. She'd have it shampooing set once a week. And yeah, rollers in. Having it set, yeah, yeah, that's such a like an elderly lady thing yeah. that I associate with like that generation. It's yeah. like having your hair set yeah, for the week. Like, yeah, it was lovely actually. Yeah, and they stayed friends for life as well, which was oh, gorgeous. that's lovely. So, yeah, it used to be, and I found out in some of my research that it was the norm. For a very long time, for hairdressers to go to a residence, the salon thing only came up quite a bit later, which I can go through more. Um, but I didn't realize that before I did some research for this episode. So I can start by telling you a little bit about the history of hairdressing. Mm-hmm. Now that you've told us a little bit about the history of your hairdressing career, yeah. so it has thousands of years of history. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I I don't have that much detail. I skipped over many thousands yeah. of years. Um, but the first um, the first mention of hairdressing, I guess you could say, the first recorded mention of hairdressing is um, in ancient drawings and paintings, which are found in caves, and they depict humans working on other humans' hairdos. Wow. Yeah, so it's been happening for a long time. And, you know, I'm sure that what they were doing to the hair was quite different. I don't know. I don't know how they styled their hair back then. No. But they were doing something. <laughs> I wonder if we had to guess, like in ancient times, how would the cavemen be doing their hair? There'd be a lot of like bug picking. I think, it, yeah, it'd be a lot of grooming, wouldn't <laughs> yeah. it? Um, maybe they were braiding. Do you think that's pretty advanced? But I maybe. Think, yeah, I think most things repeat, don't they? So yeah. maybe it would be a bit of the braiding and 
Dreadlocks would naturally be forming. Naturally, so. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure the smell wouldn't have been too nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, poor hairdresser. I wonder and... how they cleaned it then. Yeah, maybe like um, an exfoliation type thing, like sand, rubbing it in, getting the grit out, and then some water. I mean, there's a theory that if you leave your hair for six to eight weeks without washing it, that it self-cleans. Yeah. I've it never tried now. it. I did try and, it a couple years did ago. did it work? Just before, so when I was pregnant with Lenny, um, I it was during that period that I did it for a few months. And yeah, I had to get over a hump of like just really, really hating my hair, just yeah. feeling dirty. It never really stank, but it just always looked kind of dirty. Yeah, But I got yeah. over that and then it like actually was pretty good. Like I'd have to leave it um like natural. If I straightened it, it didn't look great. But as a, a natural dry situation. Actually, it was fine. It was fine. So they probably didn't do any kind of cleaning, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, how do how do dreads form? Do you have to put dirt in your hair for the dreads to form? Well, I think. Look, I'm not a dread. You don't master, do the dreads. Dread master. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think it's about backcombing the hair up and ah. and putting a, maybe a wax or something in. I I don't know. Crazy. I always thought. I'm sure that would be a whole other podcast. Yeah, a dread, a dreadlock, dreadmaster appreciation. Yeah, appreciation. <laughs> I'm sure it's a thing. There's a date for everything. <laughs> so there's pictures of people doing other people's hair in caves. It's been happening a long time. Um, the philosophers Aristophanes and Homer mentioned hairdressing in their writing. I wow. couldn't find the excerpts. Yeah, I don't know what they said. I looked for it. I didn't look that hard, but. <laughs> um, if anyone can find that or just knows off the top of their head, I'd love Please. to hear. I'd like to hear. <laughs> I'm sure most people know off the top of their head. Um, <laughs> so it was in the 17th and 18th centuries that hairstyling began its journey, let's say, to being an official profession yeah. that, um, that called for, you know, designated tools, designated, like a title, you know, as a hairdresser, not just someone As that, a job, yeah. Yeah, as a real respected and, you know, recognized profession. So France led the way, specifically in Paris, with this sort of transition from being unofficial to being official. In the 1820s, the first chain of salons started taking shape, and by the 20th century, going to salons was a normal part of people's routines. So it, was, it escalated it's pretty quickly. Way, yeah. yeah, and that's um, yeah, that's when you first started saying independent salons, and by the early 1900s. Um, yeah, sorry. In the early 1900s, um, as women began to get into the workforce, which was a slow process, but yeah. by this time, you know, there was a respectable amount of women working or being allowed to work. Um, hairdressing was one of the careers that was considered acceptable for them. So one of the very few careers. predominantly women as well. So there was a lot of men early on, yeah. but it was one of the careers that women could do acceptably. Oh, yeah. Alongside yeah. teaching, nursing, and clerical, like admin work. Yeah. So there weren't many options, but um, at least, yeah, at least when we're starting to get out there. Um, yeah, so that is a very brief overview of the history of hairdressing. <laughs> and what, what a long way it's come. Like, yeah. it's, it's such a normal part of life now for men and women. It's such a, yeah, if your hair feels great, you feel great. Yeah. It really has that knock-on effect. It's More so, so than anything, yeah. really. Like... It doesn't matter how you're feeling about any other part of your body at the moment or anything. When you have like a really good hairdo and you're leaving this along with a great hairdo, 
you feel freaking hot. Like you feel yeah. great. It's a game changer. <laughs> it's a game changer. Yeah, completely. A confidence game changer. Yeah. And you like do you you must see that every day. Like you must see that every day doing people's hair. I'm sure some people are more overt about it than others, but Yeah, and I guess not everyone has a big change every time. So yeah. You, that's where you get the really excited, like, oh my god, I love it when they kind of be changed. Yeah. Sometimes there's such pleasure taken in just giving someone their regular six week haircut, which you know that they can manage at home. Yeah. Which means they are confident every single day. They yeah. can get up, they know how to blow dry it, they know how to straighten it, or they know how to put a wave in it. And the haircut just suits them. Some people have the same haircut for years and they're yeah. equally as happy as someone who has a change every time. Yeah, because it's like they know that's what works. They yeah. know that they know that's what they can handle, what makes them feel yeah. good, works with their face, works yeah. with their clothes, whatever it is. Do you think that do you get many people coming in where they ask for something and you're just in your head, you're like, that is so not what they should be doing? Or do you feel like anyone can rock anything if they want? I think um, we used to be taught that there were certain cells that suited certain people. Yeah. It was very quite strict. But now we break so many rules in hairdressing. And I think it's good that we do that because... You know, everyone can wear a fringe. It just depends on the length. Yeah, and how it's sitting and how yeah, it's totally. sitting, how it's blow dried, or the texture, or how much weight you put in it. So, no, if someone wants a fringe, they might think that they want a long blunt fringe, but really, we then just have to explain that maybe a softer side fringe might look better. So they can still yeah. have the fringe, but we just give them something that's going to complement them a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. So you think that maybe years ago, before it became a little bit more liberal, let's say. Yeah. Do you think that hairdressers are saying, like, the client requests a fringe, the hairdresser says, no, that won't work for you, let's do that, this instead? I I think that, yeah, we probably had more rules before. Wow, okay. It was maybe a bit stricter. And I think with fashion, the styles, everything's a lot freer now. Yeah. It's really good. Well, that's awesome, yeah. yeah. That's great because... um. Yeah, it's like, it would be a, a tricky balancing act, I guess, listening to what the client wants, but then tailoring it. I think that's something you do amazingly well, is like, I might show you three pictures, and they usually look quite different to each other. <laughs> I'm like, I like this element of this, this element of this, this element of this, and you're like, okay, well, yeah, I can see pulling this element, but then like tailoring it in this way to to your style and your hair texture and, you know, whatever else, and it always ends up being what I want, but it's like, a little bit different from what I first showed you, as it should be, because I'm showing you like, what you know, some celebrity's hair that yeah. <laughs> it still looks totally different than I do, and has different hair. And yeah, you're amazingly good at doing that and communicating it. I think that is the key to any hairdresser. Um, it doesn't matter how much experience you have; if you know how to communicate well, you're going to get the best out of that person's hair and for what they want as well. Yeah, and then it's yeah. like you're shaping their expectations as well. You ask the right questions. Yeah, it yeah. really makes a difference. And is there any element of like communication work, like um, communication like education when you're training or does that just have to come from your own skill set naturally? No, it's definitely built into training. They teach you how to ask open-ended questions yeah, um, they teach you the right kind of questions to ask, but obviously you develop your own consultation 
way, I guess, as yeah. you gain experience and confidence. As you work with more different hair types, then you understand more what you can and can't give to people. So I think it's hairdressing is always a learning. I'm still learning now. You know, it's always about learning. It's always about developing and evolving. And, and communication, I think, is, is something that can be taught to a point that you do have to have that natural yeah. want to talk to people. Yeah. And I guess, like, communication, a really good style of communication... And it's just, it's almost a personality type thing, like you said. Like it can come down to being, just having those skills. And I think that yeah. you can learn to like, you can learn to navigate different situations. Like that's something that people try to yeah. teach other people. But there's nothing quite like it just being, coming naturally. <laughs> it always comes off better and is more successful. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you have got to love your job with hairdressing, I think. Yeah, surely. It's, like, it's not a job that you can do job. unless you like, like it yeah. or not. I don't know anybody in the same career as me that doesn't love their job. That's amazing. And that's yeah. not, there's not many careers like that, I don't think. Um, I think when you pick the right career for you, I did for me 100%. I love being a hairdresser. I love everything that I get out of it. Um, it shows. It yeah. shows, definitely. You're very lucky if you pick the right one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's amazing that you can pick one that is the right one so young. So young, yes, yeah. as well. That's freaking awesome. You've had like, you know, half a career already of just loving your job. Yeah. And you have another half a career it's to good. go. It's very good. Yeah. Um, okay, so as you know, throughout the episode, we'll be designing a card. Yes. And I think this one will be really fun because um, I think there's a few ways we can go with it. So it can be a card... Usually the way I start is just to decide who we want to buy the card and who they're giving it to. I think the obvious choice for this one is a client to buy the card and give it to their hairdresser, but it doesn't have to be that. It could be a birthday card specifically for a hairdresser, not like a thank you for doing my hair, but like a happy birthday specifically for hairdressers. It's a little specific, but it could work. Or... It could be a birthday card to someone who is obsessed with their hair. Oh, yeah, it could just be about hair. That's true. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to say hairdresser. No. Yeah, it could be like a, a compliment card, like someone that has freaking awesome hair. But you do have a card it. already that has. Is I do have hair. one that says, yeah, you have very nice hair yeah. and excellent taste in music. Yeah, that's a great card. So, <laughs> there's a few people I know that I was like, I need to make that card to give that to them. Yeah, that's a good card. <laughs> and I used to have a card. That uh, was for, like, a client to give to their hairdresser. Yeah. So, like, thank you for doing my hair. I can love it. I didn't say that, but it was that message. Yeah. Um, I, li- I like the idea of coming up with something for someone that is really into their hair. Yeah. I like that as well. Because so many people are. It's fantastic. Yeah. And it's just, like, don't touch the hair. It's yeah. Like, yeah. And it always looks good. Yeah. Yeah. And invest a lot into it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we could go. we can go with that. And if we come up with something great... Okay, someone who loves their hair. Someone who loves their hair. So we can get back to the chit-chat and research, but maybe we have a start at this, just to get the ideas going. So what, like, are there any adjectives around, like, really good hair that we would like to incorporate into the card? Nouns or adjectives, like, voluminous... Voluminous hair. Um, What's the, uh, bouffant? No. (laughs) <laughs> which I assume most people don't no one walks around with a bouffant and no one has a bouffant anymore um I guess it's that um 
Great hair day. Great hair day, yeah. So good hair days are definitely a thing. Yeah. Like, you know, you're the kind of girl who has a good hair day every day. Yeah, like, or what about like your, let's say like you're like, you're, no, I can't, I can't phrase that. <laughs> I wanted to say like, you're the good hair, you're the, you're the, a good hair day in human form, but that's what like, <laughs> does not make, it's way too. I know what you're trying to say though. I, I thought I had it in my head, but then yeah. it came out how I just said it and that wasn't right. Um, <laughs> if you were a day, you'd be a good hair day. Like if you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you were a day. <laughs> that's a normal thing to say right yeah. if you were a day. totally normal um yeah good hair day great hair day um i'll write down some of these phrases i love the sound of the consistency. i like i actually really like instead of a fringe i like it the way that you would say it. you say bangs don't you yeah bangs that yeah. could be a good word to use in the car yeah yeah, because bangs are like they're a big they're a big thing like for women. She wears she wears big bangs every day. The yeah. best bangs. Like, bangs is bangs. a great name. Bangs is a great name. I wish that people used bangs here. Yeah, so do I. It's and a crazy little word, isn't it? I wish yeah. I researched it. Yeah, where I didn't, does it come from? No idea. That would have been a great one. Because I remember when I first started traveling. And I would cut hair in hostels and things around the world. Oh, and nice! Make a little money say, on the side. Yeah, that's and such a good idea. Say, um, Oh, yeah, can you trim my bangs for me? <laughs> what are you talking about? No, I will not. <laughs> I'm not that kind of girl. <laughs> so we could put bangs in it. That would be good. Something about like, so some people, okay, I feel like when I have some friends that they, they're not defined by their bangs, but like their bangs are very much a part of them, you know? Yeah. Like they're, it's hard to imagine them without them. They're just like they're a bangs person. And they'll grow it out because they want to change. But then, and then it's so back to the grow it out straight <laughs> back again. Exactly. I've definitely experimented with a few different bangs, but yeah, it doesn't last for very long. Being an English girl in Australia, they end up just sticking to my forehead in the summer. Oh, yeah. So it's like, no, they've got to go. <laughs> yeah, that's not the best look with the bangs. <laughs> Have you had like what kind of bangs have you had? Like the really short, blonde, or really, really short on one side, coming longer and dyed blonde Ooh, at one point. They're stylish, hard to maintain if you're not a like a hairdresser yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah, but you do end up getting a bit scissor happy because you're a hairdresser and cutting it yourself, <laughs> oh, and all of a yeah. sudden there's no bangs, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you completely eliminated your hairline. Yeah, <laughs> I've had like long and blunt and side. Yeah. But I always go back to growing them out. Definitely. Yeah. You have like, you have a nice size forehead. I think I like bang so much on me because I do a pretty big forehead. Like <laughs> the hairline goes back, especially on the sides, like pretty far. So as if like I were that, a, just a, you know, middle-aged man with a receding yeah. hairline. Yeah. I like to cover it up. You'll see. You. I love bangs. They're just, yeah. they're just right. I think I'll be a bangs person forever, even though I'm not associated with bangs, I don't think. Probably because they change a lot. Yeah. I, I probably would associate you with bangs, but oh, I yeah? cut it, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, it's integral to yeah. our interactions. <laughs> okay, so I, I really like the idea of having bangs on the car. Yeah. Although I am worried that because people don't use the word bangs in Australia. It might seem rude. 
or no one will buy it because so I look, we're not selling many so I print just a few yeah put them in the online shop and then all the proceeds will go to the Australian Childhood Foundation yeah so I, I won't get many printed I do very limited quantity yeah, of course but of course I want all of them to sell so there's more money towards the donation and bangs might not be the yeah Australian. they might not and I, I do get some orders from overseas but the majority is in Australia yeah but we can still do a fringe one because like people are defined by the fringe like like happy birthday to how would you say like you know the girl that's like she's got a great fringe and everyone knows her um, fringe like with like maybe big eyes doe eyes coming oh, out just underneath. coming out of it yeah that's really cute like not the full eye but just like no I can't draw so you you're gonna have to do this <laughs> And that could just be like coming out from the bottom of the card, like just the pe- eyes peeking out and then a big fringe. Yeah. And then. What color fringe are we going to have? I don't know. What's the most, like, what's the most common? I think there? brown would look beautiful. Brown would be nice with maybe a little bit of highlighting. Highlighting. Yeah. And then big doe eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be, that'll look, coming I think that'll out. be a really cool little graphic. Happy birthday. Fr- oh, that's a nice little drawing. It's good. Happy birthday, fringe fringe person. <laughs> Happy birthday to my favorite fringe. Is there like a word? That sounds for like, quite good. Happy birthday to my favorite fringe. What's the word for like um, fringe wearing? But if it starts with an F, that would be amazing. Like fringe, fringe flaunting, fringe. To my fabulously fringed friends. Boom. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Happy birthday. I'm just going to write this really messy. Yeah. To, but we'll like arrange the text really cool above the fringe. To my slash fabulous. Fringe flare? Fringed friend. So I wrote favorite slash fabulous. Um, fringe friend. And I wrote fringe flared friend. Just a few, few different. Oh my God. I'm saying too many Fs. <laughs> it's starting to sound like a fake sound. <laughs> Fringed friend. Okay. That's awesome. I think that. Honestly, I think that's all we need. I think we did I it. think it's going to be really cool. It will look really cool. And just for like a lot of detail in like the eyelashes and like, and a lot of detail in the hair as well. Yeah. Like just, you really show some strands and just make it a really nice graphic. And your cards are so colorful as well. So I think it will be yeah. simple. But and I'll probably colorful. put some like things around the text, like little hearts, little stars, yeah. just kind of floating around some it. Some little scissors. Some little scissors. I should sneak some little scissors in. Some little scissors, yeah. Because yeah. it is for hairdresser day. We did it. That was easy. Yeah, that was good. Well done. Okay. Wow. Usually it's like a bit of a long process. <laughs> we fucking smashed it. Okay. So, Jody, let's talk about some stereotypes. Oh, what yeah. Stereotypes in hairdressing. So, do you, what stereotypes do you see as someone in the industry as existing? Okay, so... Think oh about that a little bit. So I was like, this is going to catch me out. So do you mean like stereotypes as in um, yeah, around, like, so just around like hairdressers? the people that choose to go into the profession? And like this is not intended to be cruel or mean or anything. I just want to get into a little bit, acknowledge how absurd most of them probably are because all sorts of people get into all yeah. sorts of professions. And also just like the stereotypes around like – going to the salon and the relationship with having your hairdresser and yeah. feel like okay. it's people feel like it's a very easy industry to define but like there's a bajillion different types of personalities working in it so that's yeah. crazy okay so one stereotype that has been very constant is that every hairdresser is a party person <laughs> okay yeah i could i could see that being a thing like being a thing that people think yeah um and i'm sure that most 
have been at some stage, you know, because you start hairdressing quite young and you go through your early 20s and definitely there is an element of that. But I've known lots of hairdressers that are completely stay-at-home family people and so I think there is a big stereotype with that they just love to party. And do you think that stems from them usually, this might be a stereotype as well, I don't know, but I have the perception that most hairdressers have a pretty social personality type. Yes, I think that definitely comes from that. So they're always chatting, they're always, yeah, extroverted. Yeah, extroverted, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's definitely there. And um, do you like, do you find that people imply that to you in different ways? Or is that just like a perception? I probably am the stereotype though. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not helping this. (laughs) Until you got pregnant, you definitely enjoyed it. Party, More social sesh. life, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. And you know, moving to a new country was very helpful for me because I didn't have any friends when I first moved to Australia, and being that more extroverted person and a bit more outgoing and love being sociable enabled me to make friends with a lot of clients. Like some of my clients from nine years ago are my best friends now. Yeah, so it's lovely. That's you know? amazing. It's a great way to meet people. I'm very fortunate that I'm in a job where I can meet people that become lifelong friends yeah which is really good that's pretty rare isn't it because it's like in an office environment like you can you do become friends with your colleagues but they stay like work friends but you can really become friends with your clients yeah it seems like it's a different dynamic where there's that there's an element of like hairdresser confidentiality you know yeah because like an unspoken rule where people feel completely at ease to tell you their deepest darkest secrets that's interesting and that's a stereotype but that must be a real thing it is a real thing why do you think that is because that fascinates me that's what i find the most interesting about the hairdresser client relationship is like is just spilling the beans like what is it about like that situation and that person Because you're in a public space. It's not like they come to your house like the olden days. You go to a public space, a salon, and there's people all around you. How many strangers do you meet? Immediately, the first thing they do is run their fingers through your hair. Oh, that's true. It's kind of intimate. Intimate thing. They sit down next to you. They're completely in your personal space. Yeah. You know, to be able to get what you want out of us, you have to be really honest with us. So it's a great start to a relationship. That's so true. Honesty right from the beginning. That physical contact element would have a lot to do with it. Yeah. I never thought about that. Especially if you're a tactile person or even not a tactile because then that's an even bigger Then it's like, faith. yeah, yeah, because it's like yeah. you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position yeah. essentially. Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. I really like that. And that, yeah. that, ma- that makes it all add up really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that before. Yeah. And it's just, it's like instant. Like people might visit it. A new hairdresser, first time they've ever been their client, and immediately just start chatting about things yeah. that are really personal. Yeah, really personal stuff. Yeah. It's amazing. Often we find as well, if people have had a very stressful day or a very hard time, the first thing they do when they sit down with us is they burst into tears. Oh, wow, because they're finally like, lot. okay, yeah, this and, is like a safe space. And they can release, yeah. And you notice any hairdressers you go to, they always have a box of tissues next to them. Wow, yeah. I haven't noticed that. <laughs> yeah. That, so that happens regularly enough that it's like a thing, it's a common thing. It's a common thing, you know. People have so much stress in life nowadays and people will come in and for some reason that relationship that we have enables them to yeah. be able to have a cry and get it out as well. Wow, isn't that amazing? And there were like the the relationship definitely facilitates it, but then also the... Just knowing that you're you're there and you're in for the long haul. Because, you know, you could be a 
you can be at the salon for a long time. Oh. Sometimes, like, if you're getting a cut in a color, it's, like, three, four hours sometimes. Yeah, easy. And so, you know, like, it's just you. You're there. You don't have anyone demanding anything from you. It's it's your own time. And that's a fucking relief if you're really yeah. busy and stressed. Yeah. And so, it's like, thank God I'm here. I made it, you know. <laughs> now I get a break. But that time thing, that does lead on to another another issue with hairdressing which is you know to get a full cut and cutter it is quite often three hours four hours you know if you're having something bigger a scalp bleach or a change a restyle then it's even longer and people do assume that they can come in with black hair (laughs) and have white hair kim kardashian style going out so that is something that the industry as a whole i think is trying to combat because this is a real problem for us and social media I love social media I love Instagram it's my favorite yeah know, but it's a real problem for us because totally and then go people they leave and they go and bash the salon because they're like yeah I'm not happy but it's like because you only took my hair six shades lighter when I wanted to go 12 <laughs> like, yeah like it's a real problem and you know there's so many edited images online now and people have such unrealistic expectations from us. Yeah. And we can do a lot. Like, we are very talented. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not magicians. Totally. And they think that they can look like anyone they see on yeah. Instagram in one visit. Yeah. And done. They want blue hair. Well, why can't you just put blue on it? <laughs> well, it doesn't really work that way. But we sit down and we try and explain it. But because their expectation is so high because of this picture that they see, yeah. whatever we do is not going to be good enough. So we battle that daily. But there is actually a very good salon that I've been following a lot recently. It's in England. It's called Not Another Salon. Okay. And they are exceptional at being completely um, transparent with their prices and times that every single one of their colors take. And they're a big salon for fashion colors, pinks, blues, greens. Yeah. You know, just beautiful color work. They don't filter any of their photographs. They put a lot of videos on so that it's not filtered at all. Yeah. And with every photograph they put up, they put how long it took, how much it cost, what aftercare that it needs. And it's, I think it's the future. It needs to be how how we work in the future. That's awesome. With social media because it's amazing looking at theirs and it's so nice to say, oh, yeah. It does take that long. Yeah. It is that hard. Finally, someone's saying it and not just like having insane expectations. Yeah. Yeah. So they're a great salon to look at. What did you say was not, so not another salon? Not another salon? Is there yeah. an Instagram handle? Yeah, that's okay. Instagram. Yeah. Cool. They're very good. Yeah. I'll definitely check them out. I love I love looking at photos of that insane hair, like the beautiful bright colors. Oh. Whenever I see it, I seem like, oh, Visually, that's too it's high one of the best me, pages ever. I lo- oh, it's just so nice to look at. When you see someone in real life with like a really vibrant yeah. color like that, whether it's a few colors or just one. God, I, I love it. I wish that I like had it in me to like do it and just. I think I would love to rock it, but I wouldn't want to maintain it. I just know I wouldn't. Yeah, see, you're sensible. You realize it does take a lot of maintaining. It would have to like every few weeks, right, to freshen it up if you want it bright. I used to have blue hair, and <laughs> it's hard work. Must you know, your roots done every four weeks, your toner done every two weeks, oh, treatments in between, and it's still not perfect all the time. You yeah, know? and I'm a hairdresser, so. It was a good experience to have that to show my clients. Look, 
this is my hair and even I can't get it right all the time. It is a little bit inconsistent because it's so much work. Yeah. So that was a good advertisement, I think, to show people yeah. it's not... It's not like all the pictures that you see online. Yeah, like go to the salon once and then you have blue hair for a year. It's not an achievable everyday look for most people. Yep. Financially and time commitment wise. Yeah. It's a big investment. It is a big investment. Yeah. That's the main thing I think is the money thing. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Um, so were there any other stereotypes that come to mind that, um, that you feel need to be addressed? One, probably when I first started hairdressing more, maybe it was just in England, I don't know which I think has definitely disappeared, which is amazing. Yeah. But um, I remember when I would tell people that I was going into hairdressing and they would immediately comment, oh, did you not do very well at school then? Oh. <laughs> so it was automatic that if you weren't academic or if you weren't very intelligent, That's why you then you it. would do hairdressing or beauty. That's super offensive. I can't believe people would say that to Yeah, me. and felt like it was completely normal to say that as well. And it would quite insult me because... It is insulting. Although I am not (laughs) an academic at all, I'm certainly not silly. And got quite good grades at school, actually. But it was a passion and it was being creative. But I don't think it was very admired back then to do that. Yeah. It was a very low-wage job. Yeah. And I think it was a bit... Yeah, we were assumed that we weren't very clever. And so they're like, okay, well, if I can't... Can't do well at school. I guess I'll just be a hairdresser. Yeah, if you, like if you're not going a, to university, then you have to do something. It's just a totally different career path. Like there's a yeah. for so long now, there's been an expectation that everyone needs to go to uni. I, I I only live in this country, enjoying living in this country because I have that trade. Yeah, so that's what got you a visa originally. Yeah, because you had a serious lack of hairdressers here. Oh, really? Because everyone's encouraged now to go to higher education. Yeah. People weren't doing trade, so there's gaps then to to have people come over and you have to fill those spots. Wow, I wonder if that's the same in the States, because there's the same attitude in the States that everyone has to go to college. Yeah. Or, yeah, which is uni. Um, Yeah, I wonder. The other side of it is your hairdressing course, as much as it is creative, it even shocked me. Parts of it was felt like going back to school anyway because there was a lot of theory work. The colour work like that, yeah. that's always blown my mind. And it's not just you go and do your qualifications and that's over. I, I do a course a year, two courses a year, every year, you know, Yeah. to keep on top of my education as well. So it's constant learning and you certainly can't be dumb your hairdresser <laughs> yeah no way you wouldn't like you wouldn't keep getting clients you wouldn't no. be successful in your field no it it's it's a lot of work it's yeah a lot of work so I'm glad that that's changed and I really do think that stereotype has changed yeah. a lot it's a lot more respected and um certainly people don't assume that you're dumb anymore but that at the beginning that was definitely an issue yeah that's interesting well, now that you say it like I yeah it sounds familiar, like yeah. that. Like I remember, I think I remember. So you know, I said I did two weeks of a hairdressing apprenticeship. Yeah. So before it actually started, but when I'd like you know decided to do it, I had told everyone I was doing it, and then I already had the apprenticeship lined up, but I hadn't actually my start date hadn't come yet. I remember saying to someone, I think it was a family friend of my in laws, like someone I didn't know very well, you know, older person. I remember them saying something that, like, how do I say that? There's something like, oh well. The world can use, what was it? Oh, the world, the world can use some smart hairdressers or something like that. Like something really, I, I was so like, insulting. I was like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Because she, yeah. you know, she knew I'd 
was like, I'd done a couple years of uni, so I guess she associated me with academia. She's like, smart. okay, well, you're okay. Yeah. Like, you must be smart because we did a couple years of uni. And so, yeah, it was so weird. I was like, what does that even mean? And I remember just being like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it just really stuck with me because I didn't even realize that was an attitude. Like, that was yeah. a thing. And it really surprised me because it was like, well, I'm about to go into this industry now. Yeah. And like, that's what people think of. And they were a bit older than you were, though. Oh, yeah. She yeah. was like, yeah, like my. My in-laws' age, so like yeah. 60s. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Well, it's a lot more respected trade now. It is, totally. I don't think anyone our age would say that. No. That's like not a thing Even at all. Even think it. No. no, it's not an attitude. No. Yeah, that's which is awesome. Yeah, it's very good. It's good. It's changing. So similar to, you know, the stereotypes around the industry, there's also stereotypes around living hair colors, as I'm sure you know. Yeah, <laughs> there is. So I'm sure that I don't have to say these, but just to sum up, the stereotypes, they're ridiculous, but here they are. They say that blonde equals dumb. Yeah. Ditzy, sexy. They say that brunette equals smart and serious, trustworthy. They say that redhead equals feisty, but kind of wily and tricky. Not so trustworthy. <laughs> That's what they say. Um, so there's actually been a few studies around this, just to like, maybe to see how deep it goes, see if there's any truth to it. Um, the University of Queensland conducted one of these studies. They based the study on 13,000 women, and they found that blondes in general, on, sorry, on average, make 7% more in terms of salary than women with darker hair in Australia. So this was wow. when they did the study. Isn't that insane? 7% isn't huge, but that's, it's interesting. But when I saw that figure, I immediately made the connection like, well, blonde hair is more expensive to maintain. So I feel like maybe it's a cause and effect thing where maybe a lot of these women that have darker hair would like to have blonde hair, but they're not earning quite as much. So they don't feel like Yeah. Or maybe it's just a higher percentage of blondes in a more certain industries that pay more. Certain industries or certain yeah. countries. Yeah, that's true. So I find that I do way more blonde work in Australia than I do in England. In England, it was a lot more brunette work. Oh, yeah, okay. So I wonder if it's because of the seasons being warmer over here. It gives yeah. you that blonde more outdoorsy, tanned kind yeah. of look. Yeah, and like blonde is associated with like, you know, the like summer. healthy Australian summer yeah. girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. And in America, people really want that look too. Like blonde yeah, is all American. very popular. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so another study, so the Scandinavian Journal of Psychology, they conducted a few experiments around this as well. They wanted to... They wanted to determine how men reacted differently to women based solely on their hair color. So they used the same women, just changed yeah. their hair color. Um, the results, blonde women got approached more often by men, unsurprisingly, because people say that happens to them when they yeah. heard those stories. Yeah. Um, and they got better tables at restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the experiments they did. Yeah. They didn't, it might be worth the investment. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, get like the the booth that's, you know, one step up, the primo one by the window. Um, Brunette still got plenty of attention from men, um, but it was clearly less. You know, it's not like they didn't get any attention, but they got less when they were brunette than when they were blonde. And another interesting finding was that the brunette women, they found that other women were more friendly towards them. Like women they didn't know, you know, strangers in public, if they had brown hair. It's so crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I would never even think about a woman's hair color before like unless I liked the hair like if they had awesome hair they had awesome hair but the way that I act towards them 
I wonder how much of it is ingrained in you subconsciously. I know, I was just going to say, I just said I don't do that, but what if I do do it and I don't realise it? <laughs> I've had all covered hair. Yeah, and have you noticed, like, it much? I must admit, I did notice an increase of male attention when I had very blonde hair. Yeah. But I'm not saying it was good attention. And it might just have been because I felt particularly confident. Yeah, that's because true. Because obviously if you're feeling amazing, you definitely are giving a different vibe out. Yeah, you're projecting it and people are like, yeah, they're picking up on it. Yeah. Yeah. So whether it's just because I just felt great. You know, yeah. Like, and Do you feel the best with blonde hair? Um, look, I think it's, I did at that time. Yeah. I think I'm thinking of going brunette again at some point, oh, which nice. I think I thought equally is amazing. Yeah. Too. But um, definitely having more blue hair, purple hair, that kind of thing, that was a very different attention. Um, certainly younger guys, I would have just oh. approached me and they would be very happy. And they'd say, oh, you're really approachable. Wow. And maybe it's because I had this crazy coloured hair. And like, she must be fun and friendly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Whereas, you know, older guys probably would look at me like, oh, what is she doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I definitely attracted a younger kind of a male with That's interesting. brighter hair. Yeah, definitely. So just like a, maybe not fully generational, because would you say that the these age differences between like the men that would kind of be a little unsure of the hair and then the men that really liked it, would that be a whole generation cap? I think I think so, yeah. 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 Wow. I mean, look, we're stereotyping this, aren't we? We are totally. It's impossible that each individual is different. <laughs> yeah, as a, yeah, it definitely, I did notice a change. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. So there is something to it. But like you said, it's just, what you're putting out, like in terms of your energy and like your confidence. Yeah, I think that has a lot so to do much with, to it. with it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's fascinating. You can't put your finger on those things. So it's like no. I mean, this is like these it's studies interesting are hard with studies, data. though, isn't it? Yeah, because they like they do it in a very methodical, scientific way with a method, and they measure results. Yeah, precisely, and report on them like in an unbiased way. And it's just this is these are the numbers. This is what happened. So it's a thing. I watched a great documentary many years ago, and it was called Good Hair Day. It was a Chris Rock documentary, and it okay. was about um, African-American women with wigs or hair pieces, and, and they had an interesting concept there where if they wore their natural Afro hair, they would be passed up for promotions over having, ah, you know, like hair sleek, pieces or yeah. sleek hair. Yeah. So that's when I first started thinking about stuff like that. And I think um, it is really interesting, the studies, really interesting. Yeah. People, I think because people uh, have a tendency to judge based on appearance, yeah. it's like almost impossible not to sometimes. But I guess hair is a huge part of that. And it's not always <laughs> negatively. Yeah, no, I think usually it's, more of a positive thing, but I'm, it can yeah. be a negative thing. It can keep you from speaking to someone. Or I remember um, having to have a word with myself once because having a word with yourself. Because if somebody would look at me in the street or stare at me in a bar, or something, I think automatically I think negative, like, "Oh, have I got something on me?" Or what's oh, okay. wrong? And you I wouldn't think to, they were like appreciating you. No, and I had to really have a word with myself at one point <laughs> yeah. and say, "Look, no." So now when people stare at me in the street or look at me, there could be something wrong. Let's 
let's face it. But yeah. now I don't think, oh, they like my dress or they must like my hair. Yeah, it must or, look really fucking good and today. And it is changing your, your thought process. So now when someone stares at me, I smile at them. Yeah. Instead of automatically being paranoid. And getting you know? self-conscious about yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that's that a good way to be. Around. Yeah, you have to totally go into life like that, I think. Yeah. And it does make you less judgmental of other people, I think. Yeah, because then I guess you probably... I don't know, do you feel then feel more comfortable like making observations about different people and they're usually the positive observations? Yeah. Like, oh, that person's like dress is so Another cute. Hair, I love hair. Yeah. yeah. And, and quite people, often yeah. I'm more vocal as well at telling another a woman especially. Yeah. I love your dress. Where did you get it? Or I really like your hair. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I think that's a really kind and nice thing to do to it remember is. for other women. It feels really good. I, I compliment strangers a lot as well. Yeah. And usually it's taken pretty well. I think some people feel surprised when a stranger speaks to them and they're yeah. a little bit like, oh, like a little bit yeah. startled. Like, <laughs> like, am I, are you assaulted? Like, about to assault me? Yeah. <laughs> I think people are just kind of like, you know, they go about their business and then when someone they don't know speaks to them, it's a little bit jarring. But it feels so good when someone does that to you. Yeah, I like, if I see good hair, I like asking them where they've had it done as well. Yeah. I'm interested. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And you have like a yeah. an ulterior motive for yeah. getting that intel. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I think it is nice to do that to people. Um, so I've put together a list of some of the famous hairstyles throughout history. Yeah. Just according to me. <laughs> so if you have any that you know of that I've missed, I only did a few, I'd love to hear about them. Okay. So there's a Loge d'Opera, which is Marie Antoinette's hair. Yeah. That's what the hairstyle was called. It was developed by a French hairdresser called Leonard. And it stood five feet above the wearer's head. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine? Imagine how long it took to do. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was just like curls upon curls upon curls. And then like beautiful put flower though. and garlands and like candies, like just adorn the whole thing. It would have been a lot of wig work as well. Surely. Like no one has that. No much one has that much oh my God. So it would have been probably done off the head. And put on, and put on, and then maybe just like use their real hair to like curl and yeah. you know to blend, blend it through. It. Yeah, imagine how heavy it would be. Oh my god, those women! Like the price they, of beauty. Seriously, um, the Cleopatra. So we don't know if Cleopatra actually had hair like this, but when Elizabeth Taylor played her <laughs> in um, the film, she was a uh, style with like a jet black bob with a real blunt fringe, and which the, is still trendy now. It is, and so yeah, these it's are the ones that have kind of now. carried through, yeah. and you still see. No, not Marie Antoinette. Yeah, but like um, variations of that. Maybe the, the updo. Hair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That might be like the original like formal updo. Yeah, the inspiration. Yeah, definitely. Um, the Marilyn, so Marilyn Monroe's short, golden, wavy hair is iconic, and I think I think women still love that hairstyle. Something yeah, about it I think really there's appeals. a lot less um, maintenance versions of that now. But yeah, yeah. beautiful, that whimsical. Yeah, yeah. the really golden blonde yeah. and that length with, you know, a little bit of a layer and a wave. Yeah, it's it's, it like suits so many different kind, kinds of faces. Um, the Beatles, which I wouldn't say is popular, but it's super iconic. So the Beatles matching haircuts. The bowl cuts. The bowl cuts. Which Super recognizable. People were doing a lot again now. All of this stuff keeps coming, coming back, back? around. Oh, yeah. bowl cuts back. Well, I wouldn't say back, but <laughs> I've definitely seen a few. People, yeah. People definitely experiment so much more with their hair. They don't follow a set trend anymore. Oh, which is so good. Yeah, so I nice. love that. Yeah. A lot of individuality coming out. Yep. And then lastly, the Rachel. 
So Jennifer Aniston's oh character on Friends. <laughs> the do you layer know how many of those haircuts I used to do? Oh my god! It must it must have been an epidemic. Like it was everyone boring. wanted that hair. After a while, it was boring. It was hardcore. The other ones, the two other ones that have been so popular, yeah, through my career or back in the day, was Posh Spice with that the super straight graduated bob. Oh, and Posh Spice. Bro- I was thinking of yeah, the re- oh, Victoria that Beckham. Was I also was huge. emulated that haircut? I wanted. I got um, that. As we a do lots of variations of it now that are a lot trendier and more up to date. But God, that was really that was a good. Four yeah. years, five years of hairdressing. And that, so that cut was like, that was the one that was like, it's a little bit long in the front and then it gets long shorter. Front, shorter, yes. graduated up the back. I fucking love that hair. I got that yeah. haircut so many times when I was like, maybe in eighth grade, seventh grade. That was really Being younger. Long. And yeah. then the other one, Princess Diana in England. Oh, yeah. There was a certain age group of women. When I first came into hairdressing, so I probably didn't do this haircut as much, but when I came in, this was huge. Every woman wanted Princess Diana's Really? Hair. Yeah. She was a huge hair icon. Was it... Like, why do these things happen? Are these, like... Are these hairstyles, is it's the first time the public has seen them? Like, the Rachel, for instance, is a great example, because I'm just like, that feels like the hair that everyone already had. But they mustn't have, because it was like, I want that hair. Like, that highlighted, really layered. I thought people were already doing that. But they must There was probably variations of it, but I think... Somebody will, somebody famous will have a haircut. Like at the moment, everybody wants the soft waves, like the beach texture. Like, yeah, I remember. So, who's that very attractive Aussie girl, Lara? Lara Bingle. Bingle. Yeah. That short, like, uh, yeah, sea salted kind of wave. Like just that by the shoulder. Sort of, yeah. yeah. We called it the lob, the long bob. The lob, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So everybody wanted that for a little while. Now everyone's growing their hair a bit longer. Yeah. And they want the longer waves. I've, I've noticed a lot of actually people are straightening their hair again, having it very straight oh, wow, okay. and center partings again. Yeah. Which obviously goes back to the 90s. And yeah. So I think they see someone famous with it who looks amazing because they're the package. Yeah. And then it does have that knock-on effect. And then they see other girls having it, which makes them want to. Yeah, and, and then it just, like, builds up and builds up and yeah. escalates into, like, the freaking Rachel. I think, yeah, nowadays it's spread more over because we have social media and you can look at so many different influences. Yeah. But back then there was very limited, like, you women magazines, who were huge. Shows. Yeah, that's true. And, um, yeah. Princess Diana was huge. I remember everybody, everybody's mom had Princess Diana hair. Wow. And her hair doesn't, when I see pictures of, you know, her hair from that time, it doesn't seem, what? it doesn't seem great. <laughs> yeah. No. It's like, you know, there's a lot of styles from the 80s that I think are much more interesting. But, but she still, was, she was such an icon. People loved her. They adored yeah, they her. Like her yeah. They loved her clothes. Like she was in the front of every magazine. Yeah. She was Probably very pretty. a bit like the Kardashians are now. Yeah. Like so many young girls want their hair. Yeah. Because they're on everything. They're in your face completely. Yeah, so they've become a beauty standard yeah. that other women want and girls yeah. want. Yeah, those are great additions. That posh one, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that was huge. Freaking Spice Girls, they really just... And David Beckham as well. He he did influence quite a few boy cuts. Really? Okay. Day. Yeah. 
He had some haircuts that people wanted to copy. Who is it that... Um, I don't know if he was the first one to do this, but after Macklemore became quite popular, you know, a few years ago, I did start seeing a lot of the shaved sides and the hair on top. The dudes. Yeah. yeah. Did he start that, do you think? Is that a Macklemore cut or was it someone before that? I don't, I don't know. That I don't see as much, but there was like two years there. It was like so many dudes. I feel like that. that's come up a few times in the history. Okay, so few. I could imagine even like some 80s yeah. dudes like having that and popularizing it. Yeah. The shaved sides. The Miley Cyrus and the Miley cut yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's been a variation that's just come back and forth over the years. Yeah, like it's always kind of there. Yeah, definitely. Maybe it's always kind of been more of a subcultural, like a subculture, a cut that's more popular in subcultures, but maybe it kind of creeped into the mainstream yeah. a bit more, more recently. Yeah, more recently, definitely. And especially with guys with the more barbering taking over. Yeah. Because that's huge. So many barbers now. Yeah, and it's great. Yeah. They get these specialised places. I mean, they also get beer. Yeah, I know. They always have beer. <laughs> they also get beer, yeah, which is a good touch. But the barbers are amazing. Like, I'm so in awe of their work, like the fades and things that they do now. Yeah. I just can't do that work. Like, they are it's totally amazing. different heads. Yeah. So they were just starting Very talented. Very talented. It's great to have that option, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder if they have a Barber's Appreciation Day as well. Oh, they should. If they, they should. don't, if they don't, yeah, they will soon. I'm sure someone will start it. Yeah, that's a talent. Well, I think that we should get going. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you very much. It's fun. That was really insightful. I actually learned a lot. Yeah, it was good. It was awesome. And um, to any hairdresser out there, very happy Hairdresser Appreciation Day. I hope that you're... Um, your clients treat you well today and that you treat yourself well today and that you feel appreciated because as we learned it's hard freaking work (laughs) yeah not just anyone can do it so well done good on you thank you guys for listening okay bye bye Happy Birthday podcast is brought to you by Things by Bean. Cards for all occasions, non-occasions, and made-up occasions. It's produced and edited by me, Joe Power. Hello. Our theme song is by the very talented William Drummond. Be sure to look for cards designed on the podcast in the podcast cards section of the Things by Bean online shop at www.thingsbybean.com. All profits from the podcast cards go to the Australian Childhood Foundation. Many thanks to our guests. And as always, thank you for lending your ear yet again. Hip hip hooray to you. Happy birthday!